Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello and welcome to Mind Your Mind, episode 66. We're going to talk about six steps to journaling. Got a lot of questions about this topic, and I'm a very big fan of journaling. And don't worry, I don't uh, make you spend too much time doing it, but I think that you'll really appreciate doing it once you start doing it. Um, so let's go through uh, some of the benefits of it. It's definitely something that helps with mindfulness, helps us gather our thoughts. So many things in life are confusing. Um, and so let's go through it. I'll talk about um, how, when, and some of the pros and some of the cons as well, just in deciding whether you want to do it or not. And no, it is not just for women. I know women do like to journal a lot more than men, but uh, a lot of my male clients are actually very, very um, dedicated to the process of journaling, and it's very, very helpful for our therapeutic process as well. So step number one is journaling is all about gathering your thoughts without judgment. So um, gather your thoughts. Something's going on. Maybe you're uh, feeling pressure or feeling uh, like you need to come to some clarity and something in your life. So journaling is a great opportunity to do this. And um, so the first step is just kind of gather your thoughts and figure out um, what you want to do in order to get that written down. Um, what type of style could you use? So I, I personally uh, recommend one of three styles, and I, I use all three of these. The first one is just free-flowing, just writing down whatever's on your mind. Um, the second one is kind of making a list and bullet point very, very quick and to the point. And the third one is writing a little poem. If you're um, creative and you like that kind of stuff, this could be a really, really phenomenal way of doing it. Um, it doesn't have to be shared with anybody, although it can be if you want to. And uh, uh, whether that'll be the last step, whether it's a therapist or friend or something like that, if you would like to, but only if you would like to. Never share a journal with anyone that you're not comfortable sharing it with. In fact, uh, we'll talk about ways to keep the journal and uh, making sure that you're secure in that. So gather your thoughts. That's what that's what journaling is all about. Number two, I do recommend if you're going to start doing it, do it daily, but not too much. Um, and 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 let me let me explain. So um, a lot of times I'll tell my client, hey, you know, there's something, there's a lot going on in your life right now. Um, maybe we process something really big, or in the middle of processing something big, or there's some big transitioning uh, that's happening. So what I recommend is just spend one minute a day gathering your thought. And I always tell my clients one to five minutes max. Now, there are people that like to write for 10, 20 minutes. That's fine, too. I have no problem with that. But not if it becomes an obligation or guilt or overwhelm because that just backfires. So just give yourself a daily time of one minute where you write down what your thoughts are. And one of the things we'll talk about is the importance of being able to look back on it to get uh, more of a global perspective of your life. So I tell people, use icons. So, for example, um, whenever I journal, I always give some type of sign of um, – I always write the date so that I can always kind of go back to it if I need to. Um, which we'll talk about later. But I use an icon like a smiley face or a neutral face or a sad face just to kind of capture the mood of what I'm feeling now and then just the general mood of, of a week um, because we're really we're going to be looking for patterns or we're going to be looking for better understanding of self. So use some icons in there that represent things. And again, you'll develop your own system. I have icons for bad day, bad week. I have icons for good day, good week. I have icons for um, certain things that recur and happen over, over and over again. Um, that could be really helpful as well. Number three is just write free flow without judging yourself and as uninterrupted as possible. So it should be a quiet time. I don't care whether it's you sitting in your living room, 
couch as long as it's quiet or you in your office or you in the bathroom, wherever you're writing it, it's all good. But just free flow, write whatever comes to mind. Number four, use your preferred in instrument. And this is where I start talking about it. Um, some people like to do pen and paper. That's cool. Um, and some people like to type on a computer. That's fine, too. The benefit of a computer is that you could lock it and nobody could access that note. You could lock that specific document or you could lock your entire computer, which I do recommend. Some people like to type it on their phone. I love to write poems on my phone, especially when I'm walking. I know there's something about my 6 a.m. stroll that I, some creative juices get flowing. And every once in a while, I find myself writing something that kind of expresses some sentiments and feelings that are going through my mind. So I love that. I always like to get it written down, and sometimes I'll develop a poem over the course of a few days or even a few weeks and just kind of look back on it. It'll capture really, really raw emotions. So I'm a big fan of journaling in poem form, um, especially when you're trying to express ideas that are really, really hard to express. I, I like the art part of it because it kind of automatically has built in this idea that I already know, but I can't do full justice to it, but I'll try my best. So use whatever preferred instrument, and again, keep it locked, keep it private. I've had times where I've wanted to journal about something very private, and so what I've done is um, sometimes I've typed it and locked it, sometimes I've typed it and erased it, because you really need to make sure it doesn't get into the hands of someone that you don't trust or that you don't want it to go, in, uh, you know, be seen by them. Um, another thing that I've done sometimes when I'm going through making a decision about something of course, I'm talking to people and think about it myself, but I'll do a journal where I'll literally take some pen and paper and I'll write and I'll just keep writing on that same paper over and over again so that it's not readable, but I'm getting my deepest thoughts down. There was a research article that came out a few weeks ago, very interesting, that said that people have an average of six to ten secrets at all times. Now, I don't tell my clients when they come to my office, hey, spill your beans, tell me everything, but I do want them to at least be aware of their own secrets um, and I think that's important in life because we all have different things. Some of the secrets that we harbor, we actually think of ourselves as bad people and judge ourselves because of them. And really, we're pretty normal and pretty standard people, uh, usually, most of the time. So use whatever instrument you, you, you would like, uh, whether it's digital or whether it's uh, actually writing. There are some things that I just feel like they work better for me in writing. There's some things that most things work very well for typing, but I'm a digital native. I was born into that. And uh, for a lot of people that are... Um, not digital natives that might not feel as comfortable, and that's fine. Number five is reflect on what you've written, and um, it's really important to give it some time before you finish or maybe coming back on a day later, and find patterns. And this one's going to be interesting, patterns of positivity and patterns of negativity. Let's talk about the negativity first, kind of get it over with. Um, sometimes there's dysfunctional, maladaptive things that are going on in your life um, because of yourself or because of others. Look at that and really try to figure out, you know, what, it, what am I contributing and how do I deal with this in the best way? Um, sometimes there's overreactivity or dysregulation or other things going on in your life. Um, that's, that's important for you to be aware of so that at least they can be addressed. Um, and so look at the negative uh, things that, that are coming up recurrently and kind of be suspicious and a little bit um, curious about them. Um, which we'll get to the next step, how to deal with that objectively as much as possible. And um, look for positive patterns. Um, it's very important to be aware of uh, yourself. There was one Jewish philosopher that once said that woe is to the person who's consumed with terrible ego. He won't be able to accomplish anything in life because his ego will always tell him that he's already, you know, complete. But double woe to the person who looks down on himself and doesn't appreciate his own values. And I think it's just a brilliant and profound thing that as, as debilitating as, as the ego is, but it's also even more debilitating when a person has false humility, or in this case, I would say low self-esteem or no self-esteem. So look for positive patterns of things that you're good at. There, I'm very organized. That comes 
uh, with positive and, and negative, but it doesn't have to be looked at. You know, people might say, well, you're so rigid. Um, that's true. There are a lot of people that might experience it that way. Um, there are people that might say to you, hey, you're so free-spirited. And there are other people that would say that you are not regimented at all. So it really just depends on how you're looking at it and what your perspective is. But it's just good to be aware of your own qualities, um, how well you express yourself and how well you understand what you're looking for and what, you, what, what you're good at in life. And finally, number six, which kind of ties it all together, in my opinion, um, and how I use it the most therapeutically, is talk it over. Talk over your observations with someone that you trust. Talk over the patterns that emerge um, with a trusted person. It could be a therapist. Therapists are really good at journaling. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, has really made journaling very famous um, and has really put it on the map because CBT is one of the most um, famous and powerful interventions that many, many other modalities draw from. So this idea of just writing what's on your what's on your mind, let me go through all six of them very quickly so that you could kind of just have a quick uh, jog your memory here. I'm a big fan of journaling, men or women, or children as well. Just write down your thoughts. So number one, gather your thoughts. Number two, do it daily but not too much. Number three, write freely and as uninterrupted as possible for that one to five minutes that you're doing it. Number four, use your preferred instrument, whether it's by typing or by... Um, voice diction or, or writing. And number five, reflect on what you've written to find patterns of negativity and positivity. And number six, talk it over with a trusted person or a therapist. I hope that's helpful for you. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, wishing you great and enjoyable journaling opportunities. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.